Ah, welcome back, everyone. This is the Hot Boy Film Club podcast, the podcast where three, three gorgeous hot boys discuss a film every week. I am your host today, CJ, and I am joined by two of my best buds, Craig and Joe. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing all right. Good, 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 good. I love it. So today, the film I chose is titled Bronson. Came out in 2008, uh, March 13th. Directed by Nicholas Winding uh, Rift. Uh, it's got a runtime of an hour and 32 minutes. The top bill cast is the Tom Hardy, Matt King, and James Lance. And the film is based on a true story. Uh, this film follows the metamorphosis of Mickey Peterson into Britain's most violent prisoner, Charles Bronson. And I got a couple of fun facts here. Uh, first fun fact, which was actually pretty uh, pretty interesting uh, finding out the real Charles Bronson, uh, who's still in prison, by the way, he wasn't able to see the film when it first came out. Like, they wouldn't let him watch it. Uh, and actually, they, they didn't actually let him watch it till uh, 2011. So, uh, three, three years later, he was able to see the, the film that is literally about him. Uh, him and Tom Hardy actually talked on the phone uh, quite frequently during the filming and beginning stages of this, uh, the pre-production, beginning stages, pre-production of this film. Uh, they actually became actually pretty good friends uh, as uh, Tom was trying to develop the character for the film. Uh, fun fact about Tom Hardy getting this role, the role was actually given to Jason Statham first, but due to those lovely scheduling conflicts, <laughs> it got passed to Tom Hardy. And I think all of us can agree that this is kind of what put Tom on the map. He had done some other stuff before this, but this was like the role that really got him popular on the Western side of the world, meaning us and, uh, kind of just propelled his career to where he's at now and i would have um, hated a statham version of this i think i you know i don't know i don't know i'm not sure how i, I feel about that one i like statham though like i know i, I do, do too. i'm just saying i just i i <laughs> it's like tom does such a good fucking job you're like i can't yeah. see anybody else doing this yeah yeah anyway continue so no no you're good bro uh i only had um I got a couple more. Bronson actually, in true fact, uh, has actually never actually killed anyone, but he is still in prison for life, <laughs> and he's he's never going to get out. And the film even states that he uh, up until that point of uh, twenty uh, well, two thousand eight, he had been in prison for a total of thirty four years or thirty six years. And thirty of them has been in solitary confinement, but we're gonna we're gonna dive into that a little bit later. Um, there was there was another there was another new, oh the one drawback that the real Charles Bronson said about the film is the only negative comment he had about it was that the film highlights that he enjoyed being in prison, and he said that is completely false. He said he hates prison, he hates being <laughs> in jail, and. Um, but he said, other than that, the the film was creative. Uh, he loved it. Felt Tom Hardy did an amazing job. Um, I picked this film solely because one, Tom Hardy is like 
one of my favorite, favorite actors. And when I saw this film, I was just kind of getting into that, uh, that vibe of like what I wanted to do in my life and like figure out, uh, where I was going in life and acting became something that was a little bit more serious. And then watching this film kind of solidified like, Oh shit, this is, this is something that I would love to put on like tape. And I, like, I just, I, I just remember the feeling of being like the watching this for the first time and just kind of like, this is this greedy, like UK, like, type film and I wasn't like super versed in like watching things like overseas but this kind of just solidified that and then you go down the rabbit hole you start watching a bunch of British stuff and then you know you start developing accents and you look really really weird so um <laughs> I it's just it, it, it I have, I have not like there's there's nothing necessarily negative about this film for me other than the fact that I feel Tom's performance may like, maybe upstaging, like, the actual film itself, and there's, like, things within the film that I feel it does correctly, I feel like you get a jack-of-all-trades, like, there's some animation, there's some theater, there's, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the, what's the, like, narration, there's, you know, there's always, like, this, this breaking and out of different things, like, I feel like there's, like, overall, like, you get every element of, like, a style of film in this film, which I think is totally awesome, but also, you think back, when you think of Bronson, you don't think about, like, oh, like, the, that that part. Or you think about Tom Hardy. And that was kind of why I picked this film, because I think there's a conversation that we, we obviously, we can all dive into and have about, like, what makes a film a good film? Or is there some drawback within something being so prevalent as far as a performance that could actually overtop the film itself? But before we dive into that, um, what you guys think? How, did you guys like it? Like, what are what are your uh, what are your quarrels or likes about the film Bronson? Dude, every time I watch this film, and what, let me let me preface by saying, when I say every time, this is probably the third time I've seen this film. The first two uh, were because CJ forced me to watch this with him in college <laughs> uh, once. Because I, I had to see it. And, okay, fine. I think the second time was also a CJ forcing me to watch it again. Uh, I think we were showing it to someone else at this point. Um, possibly someone I'm not going to mention right now. But, regardless. Uh, and then the third time, which is now for this, which, oddly enough, it's your pick. So, in a weird way, you forced me to watch this three times in a row. Uh, I don't hate this film at all, but your point of uh, Tom Hardy stealing the show, I I completely agree with. Uh, for me, he killed this role. Um, the character uh, that is Bronson is very very interesting. Uh, if there's if there's someone I wouldn't mind having a conversation with in person. I think it could be Bronson, but, like, I'd have to be at a safe distance and most likely behind bars because this could just be really problematic. But uh, Tom does this role so well that I almost completely forget about the rest of the film. And the only reason I say that is because, for me, one of the one of the cons for me when it comes to this is I don't feel like this film representing a story that is a man's life isn't told in a 
linear format, if that makes sense. Like for me, this doesn't follow a point A to point B flow. You know what I mean? Like for it feels disjointed in a couple places for me, um, where we get this this perspective of you know these scenes that are set up to kind of illuminate why Bronson is the way Bronson is, um, and then we also get these points where Bronson is speaking to this crowd uh, in theater, which for me basically just it was the idea of like these are this is an internal monologue, uh, which I thought was actually really really clever in how they handled that. Um, but the rest of it was just like we jump to weird places. There were points where I really just couldn't tell how old this person was, and I was like, "How long has he been in prison? How old?" Like hearing you just now say that he's still alive and in prison, I'm very curious. How old is he? If you know, because I'm I'm very curious about this, uh, only because the the film gives me no idea about age at all. Um, he is sixty nine. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Hey, what a number to be on. <laughs> Oh, God. But, uh, okay, so to have accomplished so much in what feels like a very large amount of time and still only be 69 years old, it's, it's, that's insane to me. But, yeah, uh, love Tom. This movie, I, I've only ever watched these three times, but I've enjoyed it each time. Uh, but for me, it's mostly about my enjoyment of Tom Hardy as an actor than it is about the actual story that is Bronson, so... Joe. The first thing I have to say is that my wife refuses to admit that we have seen this movie before. <laughs> you guys definitely have. Yeah, so we've definitely watched this movie before. Uh, it's been like a few years. Uh, also at the behest of CJ, uh, her and I are like, yeah. oh yeah, we'll check it out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, so I think that's hilarious. It's funny too, because before you CJ mentioned that this was your pick for this week, uh, it came up for something that we were talking about and she was like, Oh, I I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I'm like, no, it's, we've seen it. It's got, you know, Tom Hardy. He's like, you know, the, he loves fighting. He's in jail and whatever. And she's like, no, I I have no idea what what you're talking about. I was like, no, we, we've seen this movie. And she refused to admit it, and I was like, well, we're going to watch it again. And uh, she still refuses uh, to admit it. Oh, but anyway, uh, it's a great movie. Um, I feel like I enjoyed it more this time than the first time I saw it. Uh, couldn't tell you why. Uh, but, you know, obviously Tom Hardy's performance is amazing. Uh, he's a very talented actor. Uh, but, you know, I also I loved the cinematography was really good. Uh, I thought it did a great job of capturing this claustrophobic nature of being in prison. Um, the soundtrack was great. Uh, even, you know, some of the some of the side characters were also like pretty good. Like everything in this movie really holds up. Um, you know, I it made me read a little bit more about uh, actual uh, Charles Bronson, uh, who has since changed his name to Charles Salvador uh, in honor of uh, Salvador Dali. He, uh, he's actually like a pretty, he, he's, he is still an artist uh, and his, his work uh, has uh, sold and been showcased and has uh, been sort of a voice for mental health and the, prison system and how that's all intertwined which i think is really interesting um i i would assume some of the drawings that are in the film are probably some of his real ones if not based on uh 
you know, similar styles to his actual work, at least the few that I, I have seen. Um, <clears throat> just very interesting, a very interesting character, very interesting way to present a, a, a biopic. Um, you know, I didn't have a problem with sort of the dip in and out that, that Craig did. Um, I did like uh, what you were talking about, CJ, sort of the the variety uh, of cinematic techniques that you got and how they all did kind of amalgam into a very homogenous, like successful piece of, of cinema. And, you know, I, I really don't have a ton of complaints with this movie. Um, yeah, no, I, it's, it's a, it's a pretty solid pick. And uh, I guess before I ramble too much, I'd like to hear some of your, some of your thoughts and talking points cj oh man i did it guys in the episode here i did it <laughs> i did it <laughs> no nah, um i even for me like it was hard to actually sit and like try to write notes about the film because you just you kind of get you get sucked into the performance and, and and just everything else that's going on within the film itself and picking up kind of the man that you're following and everything the the small details of like if you notice how tom has his hands like he's, he's always like balled up in a fist or like they're about to be balled up in a fist like they're just where he's always on go ready to go i'm down to whoop any nigga's ass that comes in my way and let's let's do it let's do it so i have my my favorite quote my favorite line in the <laughs> the film is after he does like his well, the first fight that you see. I don't. I wouldn't assume that that was like his first fight, but the first fight you see, and he gets like twenty bucks or equivalent to twenty bucks, and <laughs> he looks at the guy like, are, "Like, are you having a laugh at me?" He's like, "Like, I gave you a, a you know what was in there was magic." And he goes, "You just pissed on a fucking gypsy in the middle of nowhere." <laughs> He's like, "You've done nothing." <laughs> <laughs> I really like that quote. Uh, it, th th that one always cracks me up, no matter what. And what I enjoy, like you said, with the the cinematography, a lot of the even in the beginning, the lighting of like the red light of him just like just kind of brooding and being ready to to fight the people that are coming in to, to just <laughs> just put a whooping on him. It's just kind of like you almost not necessarily feel bad for him, but it's like you're like, damn man, you all. You, like you getting your ass whooped a lot in this 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 story, and I I feel like obviously in his life, but I feel like that is who he is and what he enjoys. I think he enjoys the the aspect of fighting and, and being in those those confrontation things. And one of my um, one of my talking points, we can kind of dive into it, where you brought up how like he talks about even now with like the mental health and like the reforming of the prison system and things of that nature. Is it fair to say that Bronson is who he is today due to the extent and overuse of solidary confinement within his life? And that made him into who he is versus who he actually is or who he actually was going into life and who he was meant to be in life. I know that there's a bunch of different uh, like talking points, even books, even articles written about the negative effects of solidary confinement. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on, do you think that 
a lot of what he's dealt with and gone through and who he actually became as a man to this point is directly affected from that? Or do you think that he was always just meant to be where he is and how he's been uh, up to this uh, uh, to today? I would definitely say it plays a huge factor. You know, I don't... <clears throat> I... I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't have some level of mental illness. Uh, who doesn't at this point? Um, but, you know, <laughs> being consistently confined and alone is going to exasper- exasperate. Exasperate. I can never say that fucking word. It's going to make things worse. Um, you know, I, I, I really do think, like, this is, at least in, in, in regards to the film... This is a character that, yes, he does have clearly violent tendencies. Um, Yes, he has some sort of uh, mental discrepancies. uh, But just throwing him in prison and, like, repeated solitary confinement doesn't help anything. If anything, he's kind of his best when he is fighting, obviously. So, like, if he had been, you know, maybe given a more legit opportunity to get into something like boxing on, like, a real level instead of just, like, underground scraps, like, I totally could see him being a completely different person. Um, Especially because we do get glimpses of him as a nonviolent figure when he starts doing art. Um, It's clearly very healthy for him. He's a completely different character. And it's not until the warden, like, basically dismisses his artwork and basically says he's taking away the art program, the only thing that has been beneficial to this character all these years, that he goes back to being angry. And so I do. I think if he had a a constructive outlet and wasn't just repeatedly thrown away, yeah, it was a completely different person. Uh, I have to agree. Um, for me, I have to wonder, like, okay, I have to imagine uh, Bronson is a psychiatrist, like, wet dream. Like, if, if there's, you know what I mean? Someone who needs to be analyzed and probably just needs to be, like, scrutinized. Like, I, that man's brain, when he passes, should be studied entirely. Uh, the feeling I always get when watching this, and the reason I would love to have a conversation with this person, is he's portrayed in a way that almost puts him like he's in a fight or flight mode. The entire, like the entirety of his life, almost seems to be fight or flight. Like he's just always there, and like he's not, you know, flight. He's he's gonna fight. So like he responds to everything with this violence, and if he can power over it, then you know he's better than it. He is right. He is stronger. You know, he he can move on basically getting rid of every single one of his problems by fighting them away is the only response this man knows uh and i just find that to be hilarious but uh as far as solitary confinement yeah he's pretty much a caged animal who has been caged his entire life um and with that he doesn't know how to function in society doesn't know how to interact with people on a regular basis uh i do have to agree that given proper training and 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 pushed in the direction of sports yeah man would have killed it but i also feel like with the extremity or the intensity that he approaches the way he handles his fights and and the the level of damage he's willing to put out 
and take and and i mean we saw this man taking on you know several people at once even to the point where that wasn't even enough he's taking on animals it is insane i don't think someone with that much intensity within them especially when it comes to fighting would do well in sports i think at that point you're looking at him actively injuring and most likely at some point killing someone in the ring especially if we're looking at like boxing like this man's gonna strike you in a way he's gonna he's gonna lose all focus of his training and everything and he's gonna hit someone and they're gonna go down and not get back up and he's gonna be completely okay with that uh so it's a weird thing where like i don't know if you could you know tame i don't know that he'd be okay with it he does specifically at one point say he has principles true and that he hasn't murdered anybody that's yeah he he brings up the fact that like he's like i'm you know i've been in prison for this long and i've never killed anyone and i think he in a way kind of holds himself to that standard of like you know i don't necessarily agree with killing people like and i i it it, it sounds terrible to say but it's like he's got a point like he's he's britain's most violent uh prisoner ever but he's never killed anybody so he he has an argument to stand on it's like you know i'm in prison for life for what <laughs> like 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 just just being a super violent person or well then i know. guess t- to take back my statement right all right fine principles not gonna kill anyone fine is it then that he was maybe just born a decade or two too early because i feel like now this person would just be top contender in like ufc or something like that and just wouldn't have an issue in which case why is he still in prison what are you saying let him out let him fight let him out let him fight <laughs> like if he hasn't murdered nine anyone, years old like no i'm just saying at this point why bother keeping him just let him out uh i, I mean they do they do that at some point um because he had obviously uh obviously he if you haven't watched the film, he had actually spent some time in the, uh, like some mental hospitals, which he'd call, uh, what do you call it? The, the funny homes, funny farms. <laughs> the, the, the funny farms. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I think that also put a, uh, took a toll on his, uh, his mental as well. Um, there's, uh, there, there's something about people forcing you to take these, on probably uh, prescribed drugs and, and, and completely whacking out your brain and thinking you're going to be a, a normal person again. But he, he, there's even a point uh, they show him causing a, a huge ruckus and riot at one of these uh, these places to the point that the the, <laughs> the country itself is just like, yo, we just need to let, he's becoming too expensive to keep in here <laughs> at this point. We just need to let him out. And to Joe's point, like when he was let out, he actually was not necessarily on a straight and narrow path, but he wasn't doing anything crazy till, uh, you know, he was trying to confess his love to somebody and uh, she did not love him back. And of course, you know, as we've been told before by one of the films we reviewed a while ago, you know, hot girls will break your heart. And that's a fact. So, um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, and, and, you know, he, he ends up, he ends up getting himself, you know, put back into prison. Um, but I, I, 
I'm I'm with Joe. I don't I don't feel I don't feel like he 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 actually set out to be going around mass murdering people. Like, I don't think he's not a serial killer. I just think he's just a very very high strung violent person that just ended up in the like you said the wrong decade at the wrong time because I think if there was a UFC back then or if the boxing was a little bit more prominent back when he was there, I think they, they, that could have been a, a, a better outlet for him. Um, and kind of using that to propel into what I want to talk to a little bit. Like my One of my favorite parts of the film is the theater scene. I, I don't know if you guys did any theater growing up. No. I'm assuming not. not. Um, you assume correctly. <laughs> I There's... And I, obviously there's a point that I grew up doing theater and there's something about just being on stage and having people come and, and, and observe what you're putting on. And there's something about not just being on stage, performing something, but being on stage and performing something by yourself as in a one man show. Um, there's just the, an actual thrill within that. And I really love those, those scenes because it's obviously it's recorded, but it's still like you still get the 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 ambiance of what it's like to be at the theater, like watching this and what he's and what he's uh, performing. So I wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit. Like there's that aspect of this being a biopic based on a true story. Do you feel that? some of the theatrics of that and the theatrics of the, like the animation parts or different, like the voiceover narrative, things of that nature. Do you feel like this is what qualifies and puts it as a good biopic? Or do you feel that more biopics that stick to the narrow of linear narrative and talking about particular situations and stories that have happened over a period of time make for a more successful biopic than what Bronson has done. I think the techniques here in Bronson make for a more enjoyable movie. Mm. If that makes any sense. Um, the, yes, this is based on a real person and their real experiences. Uh, but to me, some of those techniques make it scream more dramatized i guess than you would something like we obviously we did uh Judas and the black messiah plenty of that is still dramatized to some degree but like that seems like a more straightforward successful like i'm here for more or less a history lesson or a, a, a character study whereas this does still have that aspect but i think because of the variety of techniques used leans more towards just an entertaining and like engrossing film uh if that makes any sense oh i hear you what about you greg well considering that i don't know too much about that type of film genre like looking at this as a biopic I have to agree with Joe uh, because a lot of it, like I said at the beginning, um, where a lot of this feels disjointed, like the way it goes in and out from like his mental to what's actually happening to, you know, placing events and just all put together. It doesn't strike 
as a biopic for me. Um, and I mean, this is like I said, I say this as someone who doesn't know too much on the genre at all. Like I wouldn't be able to really, you know, I mean, when an obvious biopic is an obvious biopic, simple as that, I wouldn't call this obviously a biopic. Um, does it tell a story? Yes. Is it based on this man's life? Yes. Uh, but I just honestly feel like this is a ride. You, you settle down to sit and watch and you're just like asking yourself the same question over and over again. Like, why is this person the way that he is? Like, and that's honestly what happened for me, if anything, is I just kept asking myself why, like just why there has to be something that we're missing, something that we didn't see, something that, you know, was maybe omitted or cut out or maybe something in like you know the extra scenes or maybe something that charles monson himself just hasn't admitted to the world uh is there but that might not be the case um so for me not not exactly uh but i agree with joe okay i i'm i feel like if like biopics don't need to necessarily be like super linear or like this like going back in the history and like seeing things I, I think that you can add the the film and director flair to a biopic and it still be considered that uh, I think that's what's fun about film in general is just the overall arch of the difference in of opinion and creativity that allows you to still stay within one uh one setting and, and, and not be completely ruined. But there is that, 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 like you said, like this feels like a film that is giving me information or this feels like a biopic that has a lot of fun to it. So there, there is no wrong answer in my opinion. Um, well, so the thing there that I'm curious about as far as your definition goes is because, I mean, you talk about you should still be able to add your own creativity and everything. If we're talking about a person's life and, you know, their story, how much creativity can you really get away with before you're changing what is essentially the oh biopic. yeah I, I don't mean like completely change like what they like learned from him and things that they've they've done their research on like they actually this is somebody they actually could talk to so it wasn't like they were just like you know pulling shit out their 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 ass to just throw in the film to, to make it cool like these are things that they've had conversations with him but it's it's in the way that you relay what was told to you within that conversation that I think you were able to have the creativity to do with, like, in the sense of, like, his art. Like, they the, the animation scene. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, they talked to him about, like, some of his pieces of different things and then put that within that animation sequence. Now, that, obviously, like, animation isn't real life, but that is still something that is creative. And But even if that's put in, that is true to his art, that is something that you can still have fun with you know okay that that's more what i mean i get so, what you mean yep so um another fun question there are a lot of fights in this movie <laughs> which <laughs> which fight was your favorite fight and why i do love when he makes the librarian like lube him up and he's just getting like fucking amped and then all those dudes come in and it's just that whole sequence is hilarious and they're all they're honestly all like really good fights the the opening fight's really intense too that's a solid one mm-hmm. oh yeah um, absolutely the and obviously the the end fight you know it's yeah man that's a hard question 
I think my favorite one is it's only because to me this fight kind of outlines the person that Bronson is uh is after he robs his uh the bakery the bake shop that he was working at um and is just like sitting at home and the two cops show up they give his mom like the warrant and they go upstairs uh and they're talking to him and his immediate response to them questioning him is to just start throwing hands like he gets up punches one in the face (laughs) kicks another one over and i'm just like like that is basically his thing like from there on it just sets off where like almost all the fights that don't really need to happen are just him setting himself up for a situation where he can respond with fighting um and that one just right there cracks me up because it's just like homie didn't have an answer and he also knew he was caught out and just had to do uh the one thing that made sense to him and that was throw hands it was like what is your plan after that like and that's the thing too is, is bronson for me is very much like a shotgun very short range and does a lot of work but like has no plan afterwards like what are you doing after that but okay uh so i just thought that was hilarious and that one for me is much more of a character defining fight than any of the other ones in the film yeah joe you, you, i i like the the putting on my body armor scene. yeah that yeah. one <laughs> that one was that one was legit um also yeah like the 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 end scene where he's in all black um that one sticks to me the most obviously because it's in slow motion but it's also just like you know he 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 reverted back to his old ways you know what i'm saying he he put he put chain the guy up start putting some art on his face and was like look you know play some music i'm about to kill this dude and they play some music he's like all right i'm good come in here who 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 want these like you said who want these hands and it's just (laughs) this this like just slow motion like just knocking out this dude kidding this dude and then they finally get because they always you know they end up ganging up on him so they but he gets in his his licks and that's where it's like man like just the the just the rage and the 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 the, the temperament of this man is just amazing i i love all the fights but that one's my probably like that sticks with me the most just because it's just him in all black, just ready to go, and you you kind of get a sense of, like that's kind of like the last one, like they're they're about to put him in shutdown where he's you know in that super small cage that you see in the end, and it's just beautiful, it's a great work of art. Um, one of my other other talking points is more of a, a film talking point. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but Tom Hardy was relatively a, a very a small small man before uh, picking up this role he actually put on 40 pounds of weight uh, it was a mixture of heavy lifting and also just eating a bunch of ice cream and pizza he said <laughs> um, to to kind of get the the physique of of a Charles Bronson for this film do you guys feel as non-actors do you feel when an actor puts in this form of, we were going to say, uh, method training, not necessarily method acting, but method training into a role helps you enjoy the film more? Or is it just something that, like, you kind of just gloss over because it's like, yeah, whatever, like, you gained weight or you lost some weight for this. Like, I don't really give a shit. You know, the film, your your acting still going to hold whether or not, like, you put yourself in that situation or not. There are you, as you guys as non-actors, how do you view 
when an actor does put himself into the extremes of like putting on another 40 pounds or dropping another 120, um, like where, where are you guys at within the aspect of film when it comes to the actors putting themselves through those things? So for me, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned this too, because I know in one of the picks that I have coming up, actually, this will definitely be a topic of conversation, but overall, uh, it's one of the reasons I very much appreciate acting as the art form that it is, because it's not about just embodying another person through personality and changing an accent and mannerisms to like really take that on, uh, you know, look and costume, but to go through a full like recomposition of your body, like when you need to gain a ton of weight so you can play an overweight person or you lose a ton of weight to the point that you're, you know, practically emaciated so you can play a character is insane to me and I know that that kind of work isn't easy and the type of training and the very strict diets that actors will put themselves on just for these parts uh, so that they can, you know, film for however long production is and then from there on lead a much more normal lifestyle and eating pattern while, you know, loosely staying in somewhat in some decent kind of shape for whatever they have coming up next. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that I appreciate beyond just an actor's ability to act. Uh, it's the your body is your tool kind of situation where if you don't keep it in a good place, if you don't allow it to bend and mold uh, to fit certain things and you're not really selling the story to the best of your ability. You know what I mean? And I think going into that realm and allowing yourself to go into that realm where you lose a ton of weight, gain a ton of weight, completely alter your body uh, for the sake of a role is, is that's, it's, that is, that is bleeding for your craft. And I, I respect anybody who's down to do it. Yeah. I and mean, I agree. I got to respect it. Uh, you know, at least the ones that put in like the actual work, I'm sure there's plenty that just shoot up steroids or whatever. Um, you know, uh, Christian Bale is probably the most obvious example. He's fucking toothpick thin in the machinist and turns around and is Batman. Um, Literally the movie that I was going to The Machinist? Mentioning. Yes, that's that's on my list. Okay. No, it's a, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, exactly what Craig was saying. Like, if you're willing to put that level of dedication into your craft, like, you have to respect that. And, you know, it's not healthy. <laughs> um, but it, I, I do think it helps add to, you know, some of the, the realism and... I, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, I wouldn't fucking do it, and I gotta respect someone who's willing to, so. I mean, just imagine if Hugh Jackman wasn't as ripped as he was to play Wolverine. It wouldn't work. Yeah, that's true. Like, some of it is, like, essential to, like, having a believable character. Yeah. Because, like, if Bronson was, like, scrawny as shit or something, we'd be like, how's this guy so good at, like... Yeah, I, I was this guy like this badass fighter, you know, like that's you know, and uh, yeah, you you guys bring up a super valid point. Um, I lo- I love the Machinist. Uh, I love Christian Bale as well too, and I think that's what makes Christian Bale great is his dedication to those particular type of things. Um, and I guess you can say the same thing about. Uh, Tom Hardy, but Tom Hardy's always had to go up. I mean, he got he got pretty shredded for Warrior, 
um, but then had to go bulk right back up again for uh, the Dark Knight Rises. So he's he's been uh, on is, record since. Uh, Lawless is that the movie that's like in between uh-huh. those where he's uh-huh. like he's like jacked in sweaters mm-hmm. and like it's just it's hilarious yeah. to like see him like bulky in that when like it's not he, necessarily um, I guess kind of the inverse of what we're talking about. That character is a little like brutish, but he's not. You know, he's not like a jacked dude, like that's not the point of his character or anything. And so it is funny to kind of see that's almost a, an example where it, it doesn't quite work. Like he looks comically like sandwiched into his sweaters in that movie mm. because he is going through this transition for other films to be characters that are uh are required to be like bold. True. And I I have um I actually remember a conversation I had with my dad uh, years ago um, for the, the negative effect of it. It was uh, it was the film Will Smith did after Ali. I forgot what it's called, but he played a golfer. And my dad was like, like he's like, what took him out of the film was like, Will Smith just, he still looked as like a big ass, <laughs> like he looked like a big ass golfer. And it was like, that's not, that's not the body type for a golfer. And it's just one of those things like you kind of got to be mindful of when you are filming or doing something like you, you have to take into account that like, you know, someone the size of Muhammad Ali is not golfing. Like that, that's not their, that's not going to be their build. And that was something that they didn't pay attention to, but it was something that took my dad out of the film. He was just kind of like, I don't, I don't like, this is unbelievable for me. So I do appreciate uh, any actor that does take the time to, you know, bulk up, slim down, you know, take care of, you know, what they need to take care of. And uh, Tom has been on record even saying, like, man, like, even, like, the playing Bane was the hardest. Like, he was like, his, his knees are completely fucked from, <laughs> from being that heavy. Believe that. <laughs> so, um, the, there, there is a... There, there is a price that you do pay when you are fluctuating like that. And even for Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks has literal diabetes from bouncing back and forth from when he was heavy for Philadelphia and went down uh, for Castaway like that. He's like that, that literally contributed to that. So um, obviously, you know, you, you, when you're dedicated to your craft, you don't care about shit like that. So, I mean, it, it is, uh, it is what it is when it comes to that. So, I completely I think... forgot that Hardy played Bane until you just said that. Completely forgot. Completely in, forgot. Which in is your, hilarious. But... In your defense, his face is covered for literally ninety percent of the film. So yeah, there's literally one shot you see of his face, and that's when they're they're in the pit, uh, right before he gets his face mangled. So I'll give you a pass on that. Thanks. But, uh, oh no problem. No problem, brother. Anytime. Uh, <laughs> um. I want to. I, I kind of want to dive in a little bit more um, to what you said earlier, Joe. Uh, if you don't mind, what what about Jason Statham that you feel would not have worked with this film? It just would have been a completely different energy. Um, Tom Hardy does a really good job of kind of walking that line between a crazy person and a sane person. And I'm not saying that Statham couldn't do it. It just, Tom Hardy's just really fucking good. And he nails, it's a very niche. It's not even that niche. It's just a very specific like character to embody. And like, I understand why something like this film really helped propel him 
going forward because it requires you know such a specific range and and uh, level of ability like the um i don't know i guess there's probably a term for it uh but when he's on stage and like half of his face is painted as the lady and the other half is just charles bronson still like that sequence is like so good like he nails it um and just stuff like that i i guess i have a hard time picturing jason statham doing and i don't that could just be because Jason Statham's gotten relatively typecast at this point in his career, and I've not seen him do a ton of, like, versatile uh, range of acting. Um, I just, this is something I, it's just one of those roles I really have a hard time picturing anyone else embodying besides Tom Hardy. I think... I love that scene. uh, Yeah, that scene is pretty dope. Um... I can't think of anything I've seen, and yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything I've seen Statham in where he isn't playing as serious a character as he does for just about everything he does. And even if it's meant to be, like, serious funny or serious for the sake of being serious and, and you know, the super tough guy, uh, yeah, Hardy just walked that line very well, uh, where it was, like, serious but could also be funny in a moment he needed to be, uh, could deliver the funnier lines like having to switch back and forth between Bronson and playing the oh, I'm assuming is the nurse that was talking to him after he tried to kill someone uh it was hilarious um and done very well but in trying to imagine Statham doing that I, I just I don't think so um and actually one of the things that I keep thinking about uh or one of the scenes I guess um is when Bronson is uh like just very widely smiling at the screen and then just like drops it to completely lose all type of emotion i can't picture statham doing that like it just it doesn't work and maybe he could i mean to his credit maybe it's there maybe the range is there and we've just never had a chance to see it okay what if this was the film to to push that what if we would have got a completely different jason statham if he took this role completely other timeline who knows would (laughs) we still tom hardy you think like what would become of him I don't know because Tom Tom blew up after this. I don't know. Yeah, um, I think I'm shit. okay with how things worked out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're both doing great. <laughs> to your point too, Craig. The you mentioned like the comedy thing um, and his ability for that. There are there's like uh, there's a variety of like little moments that again I, I would have a hard time picturing someone else doing that. Bronson's very he's an awkward character he does like weird things like when he first comes home uh from prison and he gets into his parents house he like he wipes his feet for a long time like too long um same when he goes to visit his uncle and he knocks on the door it's like he's never knocked on a door before uh just like little things like that which you know can harken back to he's been out of society for quite some time but like it is it's it's these little moments and the way they're executed that make the character feel real and just really sell Tom Hardy's ability uh as an actor and being in this role. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean that yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh can't see Statham doing that. And maybe it's not to say that he can't, but I just I can't see it. So who else could play this role? If we were if we just throw out any other person who, who else could have done this um, as good if not better well you got to think of british actors so 
Um, McAvoy? Yeah, I can see him. I can see Benedict maybe taking a, a swing at this. I it probably it probably take him a bit to kind of bulk up. I, I am, yeah. I don't think I, I think he's pretty 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 thin guy, but I think he could pull that off. Um. Yeah, th- those would be my top two right there. Maybe, uh, 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 Michael Fassbender. Maybe. Ooh, actually. Um, Maybe you, you wouldn't have to worry about him being um, a redhead because he's bald, but you could probably pull it off. Another fun fact: uh, the the real Bronson actually shaved his mustache and sent it to Tom so he could have <laughs> an authentic mustache <laughs> for the the film. I I cannot confirm or deny if Tom actually used that. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, did they hilarious. make like a whole? Because like that's both gross and also kind of amazing. But imagine being told, yeah, we're actually giving you Bronson's actual mustache. He sent it to us. We were able to glue it onto a few patches Tom, and set it up properly. Tom's so. authentic enough that he would he would do it though. Like I, yeah, I, he would. I, I could see that. So, um, gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. This is definitely, obviously, one of my top films. Like, I, I have, I have no real quarrels or anything negative to really say about it. Um, I just, it's, 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 it's like, like we said in the beginning. Like, you know, Tom kind of takes it over, but I think it is just one of those like films that you watch for the actor. Like, and, it, and I don't think that there's necessarily wrong, anything wrong with that. And it's good to know that, like, Joe, you feel like even the other aspects of the film still hold up. With even the the uh, the greatness of the performance, which sometimes you you get a really good performance in the film, just lacks everything else. So it's good that we all kind of agree that you get the best of both worlds with this. Um, I just, yeah, I just I I love this film. Like I, it's it's definitely one of the films that kind of catapulted me into taking acting a little bit more serious and i, I want to give a shout out to my my buddy jimmy lloyd because uh he was the one that kind of put not kind of he's the one that put me on this film and uh i, I remember the conversation we were, we we're at my aunt's house and he was like hey man you uh you seen a movie bronson i'm like nah man he's like oh let me let me show you this and we just sat there and watched it on his laptop and it completely uh in a, in a way changed my life so I I love that my two best friends enjoy this film, and I love that even though I force Craig to watch it and he enjoys it, um, you know, it's a slippery slope sometimes when you're forcing people to watch things that they don't necessarily want to watch. So, um, any other uh, tidbits you guys want to add? Any other uh, shout-outs to the film you want to you want to give some love to, or uh, anything else you guys want to say about this this wonderful piece of art that we each have enjoyed one thing i do think is interesting uh about bronson's as a character uh he repeatedly he says he knows he was born for something great he's always wanted to be famous etc uh but anytime anyone asks him what he wants or he's presented with an opportunity to like say what he wants he doesn't know um and you know i guess kind of to what craig was saying earlier that like his response is basically like to always get to a point where he can just like 
start throwing hands or fight or, you know, cause a ruckus. And I kind of just, I just feel bad for him. I wish he, he knew more what he wanted. Uh, you know, the, the warden, uh, when he's finally back in prison after being out for like only like 69 days or whatever, um, he specifically asks him, he's like, what do you want? And, you know, he's just like, fuck off because he doesn't have anything else that he can come up with because he has, he's been a, you know, away from society for so long and he doesn't have any other like context for anything. And so I just end up feeling bad for the dude. I really do. Um, and then, uh, the only other thing is, uh, I do love that. He says that he has principles. He's not killed anyone. But he does try to murk that fucking pedophile. I gotta respect him. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yep. Agree. Uh, and that's most of what I've got. It's, it's a good movie. It's I, it's really enjoyable. Um, I can't remember, uh, and to your point, Joe, uh, how he doesn't know what he wants. And it'd be interesting to see what he would want if he knew what options he had. Um, and I think one scene that cracked me up when, you know, that point is kind of brought up is when he has, uh, the librarian and is on the phone and the warden is just like, well, what do you want? And he's like, what have you got? Uh, and there's, and I just laughed. I was like, well, you went through all this and it seems like it's because you wanted something, but you don't want anything. You want everyone to pretty much skip past protocol A, B, and C and just go straight to you know, coming to beat your ass so they can get their staff member back. Um, which, all right, sure. But then we also have the point, which I always thought was interesting, um, and I never seem to catch it, is why he requested music be played uh, after taking the... Uh, uh, the, the oh boy. Art teacher. Art, uh, yes, art the art teacher. Uh, like, why music? What, what, what mattered at that point? Um, like, why did it matter? And I... I don't think I caught it this time. I didn't catch it. Any, like, there just seems to be no real reason for that at all, other than maybe he just wanted to push the envelope and see if what he could get, what he, you know. But that would almost denote an idea of, like, not menace, but, okay, if we're pushing the envelope to see what we can get, maybe we're up to something. There, there's a planning stage that's happening. But we know, as much as we know about Bronson, that's not the case. So why? Like, why music? Uh, was that just maybe a... You know, something added in for dramatization. Was that never really a thing that happened and they just decided to add it in for the sake of it? Uh, but, yeah, no, that part throws me off. Um, especially because, like you said, Joe, he just seems to never really know what he wants the entire time. And, then, like, the one time he's asked here, he has an answer. Uh, so it's odd. But but I wonder. If I think it'd be scary to know he... what he really wants if he ever got the chance to know. Like, good God. Right. I, I wonder if then in that moment, it was just too silent, and he just wanted some music, you know? Like, I wonder if it was just something that simple. In that in that moment, he, he allowed himself to think, what do I truly want in this moment, right now, right here? And it was just to hear music. I gotta respect that he, you know, if that is the case, he at least, clearly all the work he'd been doing, like, with the art teacher and his like art program at least got him to a point where he was in a position where he was able to like discern what he wanted in the moment and i gotta respect that respect it too 
And on that note, I think we will wrap this up. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Uh, and please, please let us know what you think. Let us know how you feel about Bronson and how you feel about actors going up and down in weights and what was your favorite fight scene. Uh, be sure to hit us up on any of our socials. Uh, the tags are uh, Hot Boy Film Club. You can email us at hotboyfilmclub.com. Uh, again, thank you for joining us. And our next episode, which is going to be hosted by Craig, we will be diving into the film The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Have a good one, everyone. And we will talk to you guys next time. See you. Peace.